Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Pastor Michael Sullivan from the Caribou United Baptist. Thank you for joining me today, Pastor Mike. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited. You're the new um, senior pastor here at um, the church, and I just wanted you to share with our listeners today some things that's on your heart, some things that you would like to see happen. Um, what's, what's God saying to you? excited um, for this year it's a for me I think it'll be a year of growth um, I'm hopeful to start to open doors that um, will help bring the community and other churches together we're hopeful this year to um, partner with the Presque Isle Wesleyan Church for the Carol McKenna Thanksgiving supper and um, perhaps even bring back the living Christmas tree which seems to have been a beacon in years past for not just people in the community, but even from different states that I've met, that they have tender memories of that program. And um, we want to start reaching out and helping those because there is a great need in the community for the gospel of Christ. It's just a matter of us finding a way to reach the people who are hurting. You know, Mike, um, I just believe that God's word, um, he tells us that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit. And he tells us that we're supposed to be a praying church, that his prayer is the key. Um, so I'm excited because I know you're a man of prayer and I know that you're gonna um, embrace that. And I, I just really see New England, I see uh, an awakening. Mm. I saw you with a group of youth at, uh, the event that the Pregnancy Care Center had, Standing for the Unborn. You had a fairly large group <laughs> of youth there with you. Tell me what's happening among the youth here. We've been really blessed this year um, our, for kids that are coming, and um, not just coming, but they're learning a lot about the Bible. Um, I have, I'm really excited, one, one person in particular, uh, his name's Jacob, I'm going to share it because I'm very proud of him. But um, he's been attending for about three years now, and he is looking at going to a Christian college now, New Brunswick Bible Institute. He's thinking about um, maybe later on, depending on what he feels that God's calling him to, maybe missions work or even pastoral ministries. So I'm really excited to see actual fruit, and he's learning so much in the Lord, and I've actually had him kind of step up here as a leader um, to help with, with the kids and, and some of the other kids who have been here, um, Samantha as well, she's been kind of co-leading with him. And it's just as um, kind of like a parent figure, it's, it's a real pride and joy to see kids maturing and growing in the Lord. And um, as well as the new kids we've had, they've, they've really grown so much in the Word and their understanding of God. And it's, it's just a real encouragement to see fruit you you want to see but you can't you can't make somebody learn but you want to see it and when you see it it's such a beautiful thing um just almost almost you can't describe it like a sunset or a sunrise but it's just something beautiful and you can't quite put words to it other than to say it's it's wonderful and just warms your heart do you sense a fire and igniting there's there's something happening within the youth 
I'm see, seeing in the churches, I'm see, seeing more more growth. I'm seeing a lot of changes. And I, and I think the time is right now where more so than ever that the harvest is plentiful. And if we, if, if we would step up as the leaders and the harvesters, that the kids are there, um, you know, they're, they're, the lost are there. The ones that need God are there. It's just a matter of us going and reaching them and sharing with them that they're, they're cherished, that they're loved beyond all measure, and that there's a God that cares so much for them that he gave his, his own son, that he gave his own life that he wouldn't withhold anything because they mattered so much to him that he did everything to let them know that he loved them and just that we want to share that with them because there's nothing else that matters more. I want to touch on that, Michael. We know that God is love. Our churches should be full of love. Um, As a a youth, that's sort of where I lost my way was um, there was a church that was splitting and as a young girl, you loved both sides. You didn't understand the division. You don't, because you're looking for that acceptance and that love. Um, talk to me about that. Religion without relationship is cold. Um, we can, you can, you can gain knowledge of the scriptures. You can gain knowledge of God. You can be wise in the things of the Bible, but if you're not walking hand in hand with God, it'll just be bitter. It'll just be like the Pharisees that here are these people that everyone looks up to, everyone admires, they, they're the heads heads of heads of the church, but then so many of them are so bitter and when Christ comes into the world, they do nothing but hate him and even seek to take his life because he's perfect. He's flawless. He's, he's, he's love in the flesh. He's righteousness in the flesh. He's everything that we've ever wanted and more. And they're not him. And they want to be, but they can't be because they're fallen human beings. But without, with religion, it's bitter. You see that in their actions that in one case, it it really, really touches my heart. But um, the woman caught, caught in adultery. Here they were ready to put her to death to take his life. That they would be so cold that their hearts would be so callous. But yet with knowledge that I myself probably don't have, that they would put this woman to death just to make a point to get at him. I was shocked to find out that that, no matter what he had answered, for years I didn't know, no matter what he answered would have put him to death. Because they were under Roman rule if he had said to stoner then they would have gone to the romans and said he's broken your law he's taken life and it's not not our place if he had said not to stone her then they were going to say well he's broken the law of the laws of moses and he deserves to be put to death so no matter what he did they they were ready to to put him to death but they were willing to use this this poor girl lost in sin to take her life to make a point and that's religion without relationship and that's what bridges the gap between where we are just part of part of a church but not really we've made that connection and that commitment to Christ and invited him into our lives to lead us Billy Graham had a quote that I absolutely love I share it a lot I may have shared it before but he said it's God's job to judge 
It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and it's my job to love as Christ. That's it. It puts it into a simple, beautiful, beautiful perspective where our job is to be Christ here on earth, to let him lead us, to let his spirit lead us, that we might literally reflect his image in so many small fragments and so many different Christians that he would be alive right here on earth and that people would see him. We have so many wounded right among us. And they, it's going to be the love of Christ that's going to win them. And I believe that they need to come to the healing waters of Jesus Christ. Mm. Now, I believe in counseling. I believe in all kinds of different avenues that God can use to help a person. But, you know, in the presence of God, Michael, people are changed instantly. Mm. In the presence of God, lives are healed. I know a woman that was in counseling for 16 years. 16 years, that's a lot of money, and it's a lot of time. But in one meeting, she touched the hem of his garment. Mm. And that's what I pray for your church, Michael, that is a hospital for the sick and the wounded, that people could come and they could be made whole. That um, that this would be a, a, a place where Christ is lifted up mm. and he's shown his glory. You know, it's in the glory, Michael, that I've seen in his presence just things happen that, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. There was, I've seen people healed in, in his glory. Mm. You know, the worship was so beautiful. And it was so, uh, it was like incense, like mm -hmm. as the Bible says, that that glory just fills the temple. Mm. Talk to me a little bit more about that. It's exciting. Um, it's, a, it's an exciting step for me. Um, I want to see growth within the community. I want to see lives changed. Um, I want to see that type of connection for people. And it's funny, when um, just, just when... The vote was passed and um, I was accepted as the senior pastor. I got up and I shared and, and I just said, um, for a number of years, and, and you and, and others know that I've prayed for a helpmate. And that this year God sent me a helpmate more beautiful than any that I could imagine because this church is my bride. Perfect and flawless without any spot or sin. And that these people will be my spiritual children to guide and direct it as, as a spiritual father in love and discipline and direction that will build them up in the Lord. And that I believed in my heart that if we believed that God was here, if we believed that his spirit was here and that salvation was here and that healing that you, that you talked about was here and that people could come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord here and that salvation was at Caribou United Baptist Church, that it would be a great light to the community and people would come because there are so many hurting people. But we have to believe in our hearts that Christ can make a difference. We have to believe in our hearts that Christ can change somebody after 16 years, that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that somebody who has struggled for 16 years can be made whole. And when we do, when we, we believe God and when we believe his word, 
that's when we'll see those miracles. That's when we'll see those changes. That's when we'll see eyes that were open to the gospel of Christ, people who might be hostile to the thought of a Savior coming to him and bowing down before him and opening their hearts to him and accepting him into their life. And that's when we'll see those changes and that light in the, in the world that we need so much right now. We know that times are dark all around us. We see the uh, changes in the abortion laws. We see um, changes in, in our laws in regards to marijuana, um, all kinds of different, different things that, that are youth that people um, in our community have um, been involved in. And we know, Mike, we have the answer. Um, we have the answer. Mm. And it, it's hard for me to, to understand um, how we're so separated in that. Tell me how you see God using you to bring people or bring churches. Uh, we talked about collaboration. Talk to me a little bit more about that. I'm a firm believer that um, the darker the times, the brighter the light. I learned that one, one time it kind of in, in a, almost uh, a stage where I'd wanted to go to a church service, but I didn't. I was helping somebody and um, move, moving things for moving wood. And uh, as it got darker and I continued to work and I thought, you know, I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to go to the service. But there was a window I kept putting the wood through. And the darker it got, the brighter that light got. And it was beautiful, and, and, and I thank God for that because there was a sermon he had prepared for me right where I was. And I just had to be faithful to do what it was that he wanted me to do, even if it didn't necessarily make sense at the time. And it's my hope that we'll be able to here reach out to other churches um, locally. And there's another church in Portland that I'm hoping to partner with soon that we might, over the summer, do a widow's project together go out, um, someone who needs help, someone who, who God says that he cares for and he loves and that we're supposed to care for as his church, that we might be able to find somebody and that we could go as churches united in Christ, united in the bonds of our God, and that we could go and do what we don't have to consider or ponder whether it's right, but no, because God says, I love the widows. I love the orphans. And that I want you to take care of them and to step up to be his church. And I believe if we do what's right before God, that he'll take care of us and that he'll unite us and bring us together. Amen. Amen. I wanted to um, ask you a little bit about your story. Um, you've been a Christian for how long? <laughs> It'll be uh, six years, um, June 4th. Mm -hmm. What turned your life around? I uh, was, I'm one of seven brothers and um, proud of my heritage. I come from uh, a line of, on my dad's side, a lot of Irish ancestry and a proud heritage on my uh, grandmother's side. And um, I'm pr proud of my history and I think we, sh we should be. But pride is, pride is a difficult thing for a person because pride prevents us from coming to know God. When we're puffed up, when we think we're perfect, you know, 
we we can't come to God in that state because we have to acknowledge the reality of what we are, which is broken and fallen short. And when I was 21 years old, I was kind of searching for answers. And one night I had a dream, and I think I shared this last time, but um, I saw things from the book of Revelation. I saw the stars rain down and um, hit the earth. I saw the earth break apart and the soil became black, almost like oil was mixed through it. And I knew that God was coming and the judgment was coming. And for the first time in my life, eternity started to enter into my mind and where I would spend it. And I had grown up with a mindset that being good was good enough. That if I knew about God that, you know, I didn't do today, we see drugs, we see alcohol, we see the abuse of so many different things. We see um, the decay of marriage and and unfaithfulness to, to people. We see um, God's designs falling apart and we see it not just falling apart, but we see that our country and, and the movies and the things that we have glorify it. We glorify people living together outside of marriage. We glorify um what God says is wrong. And that dream woke me up. It showed me that eternity was calling and that being good was, was not acceptable before God, that having a knowledge of God was not good enough, that to, even if I was a learned man and I wasn't of the scriptures, that it wasn't enough, that I needed a relationship with the God of the universe, that he didn't design me and create me and leave me out here so that way someday I could go be some being with a harp on a cloud, but that I would have a personal relationship with the God that loved mankind so much that he would come to this earth and die the death of a wicked sinner on the cross, a painful, torturous death to set me free. And that's what I deserved. That's what I was, that's what I was headed towards but he took it from me. He took that, and, and why if he took that, that painful death that I deserved, should I not give him my sins? Should I not accept his gift? Should I not follow him as my Lord and Savior when he's done so much for me? And so I accepted Christ when I was 21 years old, and it's been an interesting road since then. When, when I think I know what God wants me to do, something else comes up. I've um, traveled to numerous countries since that time. I've learned so much about God since that time. Um, it's when I look back, really quite shocking to see it's small steps, but he's leading me down the path that he wants me to go. And that's where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else. When it came down to this vote, I, a number of people that I talked to, I just said, pray that God's will's done because I, I don't want I don't want to be where I'm not wanted. I, I want to be where God wants me to grow. I want to be where, if it means that it's it's continue in what I know for a season so that way I can be more prepared for something else, then that's where it's, I want to be. If it's that he wants me to step up as a leader and a pastor of a church, that's where I want to be. Even if it's harder, that's where I want to be because I want to be where God is. I want to be where he's walking and leading. And it's it's exciting for me to see what he's done. I'm not deserving of any of these things. And um, just to see his hand of love and mercy that here I am, not yet six years old spiritually, and he has done so much for me and for my life. And I'll do 
the best that I can to honor him because I love him. How did you, you've sensed the call for some time. You've known that God is going to, uh, I interviewed you when you were going to Honduras. Um, we, it's easy to, to pray those prayers, Michael. Man makes our plans, but God orders our mm. footsteps. And the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Um, I'm sure you're feeling all those things of inadequacy and <laughs> all of those, like, what are we going to do now, God? Yeah. Um, but it's an exciting time. I, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see how God's going to... Um, I just I just see him putting things in position um, around this county. And I'm so excited and excited that that you're in position for such a time as this. Um, we do... I believe with all of my heart, we're going to see, and it's already begun, uh, an outpouring. I've done some interviews with Global Awakening. Mm. These are average people, just like you and I, that show up at a meeting, but have sought God. And he says, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Mm. But they believe that because God's scripture says it. Mm. And when they lay hands on the sick, Michael, it happens. They're healed. The people are healed. Hmm. Now, you can't heal anyone. <laughs> I can't heal anyone. But Christ, he died for that. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do um, through you and, and the team that you'll build um, within the church. It's been really exciting to see. Uh, I think one of the things that's really touched me most is how many um, different missionaries and pastors have reached out to me, whether a message or an email or a phone call, um, to let me know that you know they're praying for me, that they're lifting me up um, all over the state, all over different country, even different countries, um, just to see an outpouring of, of different people that I've known over the years that God has brought into my life for this purpose, and just I see His I see His hand and I see His love and. Um, there's a song I absolutely love. It's by uh, Francesca Battistelli, but it's called The Time In Between. And it's really beautiful because Christ came to this earth to give his life and to set us free. But the time in between, we see just how much he loves people. That he'll heal, heal the lepers and only one will come back and actually accept him. That he'll heal, heal the, the woman that touched the hem of his garment. That he'll stop to talk to a blind man. That he'll stop to talk to children. That he just overflows with love for people. Mm. And I, I just, I love, absolutely love that song. It's, she said, it's the time in between that brings me to my knees. That's funny because right before you said that, I was thinking of a song that came to my mind at that very same moment. <laughs> Greater things are yet to be done in the mm. city. And, um, Chris Tomlin, that's a good one. Yes. Um, I believe with all of my heart um, that we're going to see. Uh, and I'm believing and believing with you, Michael, that um, this is going to be a great year for you and for this church and for this community, and for Maine, and to the nations. Hmm. Um, I remember the last interview I'd done with you, and the picture that we had used for the uh, posting, and you were standing on a mountain, and um, 
I just remember putting a prayer with that to tear down every stronghold, hmm. to bring the mountains low. And you know what? That's what God wants to do for every listener today. That's what God wants to do for every person on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. His love, the price he paid, was enough. Mm. So I'd like to end with that, Michael. I'd like to ask you to pray for the listeners. Pray for this community, our region, the nation to the nations. Would you do that? I'd be delighted to. Thank you. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank you so much for today. Lord, it's a gift. Today is a gift from you. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Lord, we pray that through this program and through our lives that people might see you and that you would be lifted up and that they would know that here today salvation is found in you, Jesus Christ the Lord, and none other. Lord, we pray that they might know how much you love them Lord, that there's none other on earth that when we were against you, when we were enemies of you, that you came so humbly and with so much love and you laid down your life, that if we would only humble ourselves and pray and acknowledge what you did, that we might rise with you into everlasting life and be forever in your presence forever with the one who loves us most. Lord, we pray this for what you did on the cross. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Michael, and thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.